Good. Okay, guys, let's get let's get uh, rolling here. But you don't. Get it, it takes it takes a while. It has to be forceful. I can do that. A whip in a chair. Okay, guys, it's enough. That was a little, that wasn't enough, was it? Listen up, guys. Well, I told him I'm going to whip in a chair. Okay. A couple of things before we get started. Uh, if you watch us online, we're so grateful you chose to see us this morning. We're going to be in 1 Timothy chapter 4, where we're going to be. Uh, if you want to be turning over there or getting your phone up and going. A uh, couple of things. I, I talked to uh, talked to Linda. Connie's good and well. Right? Good. Good. She's in the PAM unit in room 303. That's the, that's the new part. Not the old part. The new part. And it's around behind the nurse stations where it's at. If you want to go over there and see her, I know she'd love a visit. She really would. You know, so it was always nice when Jordan was in there. Just have somebody just come, get by and just say hello. So, anyway, uh, and uh, I guess y'all got the the uh, the email. Most of you saw the email about Gage. Gage is uh, is June's great grandson. Okay, that's Brian's son. Brian is her grandson. And uh, he's 15, and he started passing out at school Thursday. And so they, so they took him to, uh, they took him to to, to Corpus, and uh, found out he's got a heart problem. They don't know it yet exactly. They sent him home with a heart monitor. So he's got a heart monitor on, and he's going to have to go back. They don't know yet when. That's you know, uh, we just got the, I got the text yesterday morning from from Brian. Kevin got it, and 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 I was texting back and forth, and and uh, so. Anyway, it's uh, it, I don't know how serious it is. I have no idea, but you know, you're 15 years old, and you got a heart problem. That can be that serious. That's serious. So, uh, but anyway, uh, I told I told Brian that we'd be praying for him. So we're going to do that this morning. We're going to pray for him and pray for the pray for the family. Uh, I have no idea what they're going through. Uh, I know Nikki's uh, Nikki's uh, in the medical profession. She's about like a, a step or two below being a doctor. So she's she knows what she's doing. And so, anyway, uh, we'll uh, we'll pray for her, uh, pray for them this morning. Uh, I don't really have anything else. Uh, nothing else is critical. Yes, ma'am. Would you pray for our crops this year? You know how we had such bad yield in our gardens last mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. Pray that we have. It's a it's you know, hey. It's been a it's been a lot better spring this year so far. It's been a lot better, you know. I just talked to John while I'm going. John's always crying. It ain't raining, and he got rain last night. and We did so, you know. So you know, when I watch the the lightning, because we live out kind of west of town, you know, and, and it's when you can see, and I knew that it was probably going between us and Quero, and and that's right where John is. So, and he said he had got a quarter of an inch. So anytime you get this kind of, you know, my my uh, after the last rain last week, 
you know, my squash went from this big to this big, you know, so my tomato plants grew about three or four inches in one day. So, yeah, it was good. It's always better to get that kind of water on them than water. And we have well water, so it's good water. And, and But it's always better to get that water that's this electrical charge. That's a, That can really help. That can really benefit. So, yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's, it's. It was a pretty poor year last year. I thought it was just me. I said, man, I've been growing stuff since I was 15 years old, and I couldn't, I couldn't put a thing in the ground and make it grow. It just, it, it I put it in the ground and died. And so, and it wasn't just me; it was a lot of people that was happening too. So, anyway, uh, we need to be, we need to be thankful to God for what we have right now, for sure. Uh, don't dwell on what we don't have, but think, be thankful for what we have. So, all right, uh, let's pray and we'll get started. Father, thank you so much uh, for being our God and for loving us and being the, the, the awesome creator that you are. Father, we stand in awe of you and of your power and of your majesty, and we ask, Father, that this morning that you would help us to glorify you by what we do. Father, whether it's here in class or whether it's in worship, that, uh, that, we, will, that we will spend all of our energy glorifying and praising you this morning. Father, thank you for the opportunity. Father, as we study this morning, we pray that you'd help us to learn and grow uh, you know, what Paul is telling to this young preacher and that we can very, very easily adapt what he's saying to him to us today. And we thank you, Father, for the for the text that we're going to be dealing with. Father, we pray for, for Gage and we pray for that family. Uh, we pray for that young man that uh, that your hand would be on him and be on his doctors and uh, then everything will everything will go well with him. We pray for Alan, the same for him, that, uh, that you will be with him and be with his doctors and that everything will go well with him as well and be with Connie. Uh, who is trying to recover from her surgery, and we pray the same for her. Father, we, we have lots of folks in our lives that, are, that struggle, struggle, are struggling uh, with, their, with their health, and we pray, Father, that your hand would, would be on them. You pray that you'd be with us, that we might, that we might be the instrument that you need, if you need to use us, that we'll be ready and willing and able to do that, Father, in whatever capacity you ask us to do that. Father, we, uh, we thank you uh, for how your hand is, has blessed this church, and as you bless us as a nation, Father, we pray that you'd be with our leaders in, in, in all aspects. And Father, we thank you for the rain that we've been getting lately. We pray, Father, that you would continue to uh, to work with the ground here and work with our crops and all of those things that, that we have our hands in so that we, uh, uh, we, want, we want to be fruitful and we want to, we, want to, we want to grow. And we not only grow numerically here, but grow spiritually, but our the ground that we work to grow as well. Father, we thank you for the opportunity. Father, bless us as we move forward in that in that avenue. Father, thank you again for the opportunity we have to study this morning. Thank you for all that are here. And we pray for those, Father, who are, who are not for one reason or another. Bless them as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want you to turn back to chapter 3 for just a second. And I want you to, because I think this is important for us going, moving forward, what he's, what he's telling us. And we're just going to read verse 14 and 15 again, and then we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 3 for a minute. Just for a second, I want to read one verse. Uh, I, want you to, I want you to understand why it is that he is, that he is telling Timothy this, and what can I learn from it? What can we as a church, what can I as an individual learn from what he's fixing to tell us today? Look at chapter 3 and verse, uh, verse 14 and 15. Well, verse 15 and 15. If I am delayed, you will that you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, and this is the part which is the church, the pillar and foundation of God of the truth, the church of the living God. 
That's who we are. Look around you, folks. Okay? If we have been washed by the blood, if you have been washed by the blood, and you have given yourself to Christ, if you've been baptized into Christ, and you've been added by God to the church, then you're the church. It's not this building. This building doesn't mean anything. This building can go away. The church will stand strong. Okay? Jesus said the gates of hell will not stand up against the kingdom of God. That's what he told Peter. We are the church. Okay? And when you look at this, when you look at this text and what he said, we are the, we are the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. And I think we forgot that in some instances. All right? I think we forgot that sometimes. Now I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 3. Remember that this young preacher is at Ephesus. Okay? That's where he's... It's my mistake. Ephesians chapter 1. I was fixing to take you to 3.1, and it's 1.3. Okay? Chapter 1 and verse 3. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in, in heaven. That's not the text either. <laughs> well, I don't. I wrote it down wrong. I don't know where it's at. I'll tell you. He said. He said, "I want you to. I want. I sent you here that so that you can correct the false teaching, the false teachers that are there." That's what he says in the text. And I'll find it and give it to you next week. All right? Because we're not going to get through this today anyway. We're not going to get through all this. It's too important what we've got to deal with here. All right? Now, there is a lot of misinformation in their day and time. And if you relate this to us, there's a lot of misinformation in our culture today. Would you say that's true? Okay? Now, I want us to read chapter 4. And I want us to read, uh, we're going to start in verse 1, we're going to read through verse 5. The Spirit clearly states that in latter times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose conscience have been seared as with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For everything God created is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving because it is consecrated by the word of God and prayer. Now, Paul, Paul tells him, tells this young preacher, you're going to need to combat the false teaching of the day. All right? Have you ever run into, in your, in your day and time, in your, in your walk, have you run into false teaching in your, in your experiences today, in, this, in, in your life? Have you run into that? Yes. yes? I heard one yes. Yeah. Does that, I don't see any head nodding, yes like this, nothing. Yes. Is that yes or no? Yes. yes. Okay, yes. How much do you have to do? Well, I, I wasn't looking here because I know what they're doing. I can see you out of the corner of my eye. I'm looking at what they're doing. You know? so, so then the text like this would be applicable for us. Would you say that's true? He says in latter times. We're living in the latter times, guys. That latter times is, is from the time Jesus came till he comes back. There's not going to be another dispensation. There's not going to be another time frame. This is it. The next time frame is eternal. Okay? We're living in the last times now. Now, I'm not, I don't mean that Jesus comes back tomorrow. That's not what that means. What it means is that we're living in the latter time. There were, there were times and dispensations throughout the book. Okay? There was a patriarchal time. There was a time of law. There was a time of Christianity. We live in that latter time now. 
And he said, in those times, and this was this was when he talks about the 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 spirit clearly talked about it. You know, if you go look at book, book of Daniel, look at book of Ezekiel, you know, the spirit was leading them to understand that there's gonna come some critical stuff's gonna happen. We're not gonna go over there and look at all that stuff and try to analyze what Daniel was talking about. But if you go look at the book of Daniel and you look at the book of Ezekiel and you look at the book of Isaiah, you look at the book of Jeremiah, some of it, some of it was pertinent to them in their time frame. But some of it he was talking about down the road. Okay? Some of it he was talking about, clearly was talking about what we've experienced in many instances in our lives today and what we'll be experiencing down the road. So when you look at this and said the Spirit has been pointing us to this. So we shouldn't be shocked by what's going on. What we should be, what we should be concerned about is are we striving to keep it out of here? Are we striving to keep it out of your lives and our lives and the lives as, as, a, as a group here? Are we striving to do that? I'm not going to get into all the negativity and all that stuff that's being taught out there. You know what it is. You know how contrary much of it is to truth and biblical truth. Okay? You know, when he talks about here, he said, he says, Touch, such teaching come from hypocritical liars who consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. He talks about that in, in Ephesians chapter 4. He tells him that uh, that when you when you uh, look at the Gentiles, their conscience have been seared. Okay? When, when you hear that word, what, what is it what do you think he's saying when he says your conscience has been seared? What does that mean? What do you think that means? Branded. Branded? Okay. Hardened against Hardened. the truth. Hardened. Hardened against the truth. Okay. I think of cauterized. Cauterized. Okay. It's just Sealed over it's yeah, the, the medical profession, you know what it means to cauterize a wound. I mean, you know, which you, you burn it off so it quits bleeding. You know, but you know, I mean you cauterize it, you damage it, right? Isn't it is it damaged? You have to cut it back to, to re if you're gonna reattach it, you have to you have to cut it back, right? Am I am I wrong? No, not wrong. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank God it wasn't wrong. It keeps it from progressing. It keeps it from progressing. Stops. And that's exactly what false teachers do. All right. Their consciences are seared. That means they have they have no ability in their conscience to distinguish truth from non-truth, right from wrong, you know, good from evil. And so they teach what promotes whatever their agenda is. In some instances, you, we see a lot of that today in our culture today, trying to promote agendas that are not biblical. It's like and, having no boundaries at all. So no boundaries at all. And that's it's very dangerous when you start talking about the, the foundation of truth. What is truth? I'm not talking, I mean, you can have your opinion about this subject or that subject, but when it comes to what's the truth, what's the truth in aspect? You know, I've had, I've had people argue with me about, well, I think, and whatever this cultural norm is, whatever it is, well, this is, you know, God made me this way. Really? You really wanted to get into this with me? And, and you know, and it didn't go well. Because, but if they don't have any concept of book, they don't have any concept of truth, they don't have any concept that this is, this, you know, when you, have, when you have the understanding or you have the teaching philosophy that this book is not relevant, now what are you going to use? What do you use to find out truth? What do you use? A standard that is not biblical, right? A world standard. Or, I just don't care. You get to the point, I just don't care. It's what I feel, and everything's right what I feel. It makes me feel good, that's what I'm going to do. That's a, that's a really lousy place to get your standard from, wouldn't you say? 
The Bible itself says the heart is more deceptive than anything. You know, it, it's deceptive. When you start going by what your heart says, well, I really want to do this. This just makes me feel so good. It doesn't make you nervous. What does the truth say? The, the problem here is, is for, for Timothy and for us is, do we make sure we keep this out of the, the realm of, of this family? Can we keep it out of the family and make sure that it doesn't incorporate itself within the family? We've had that happen before. Okay, probably most churches have have had someone come in and start teaching things that weren't true, or are alluding to things that aren't true, or saying you know to be more uh, more uh, more liberal in the thinking or something like that, which can be unbiblical in of itself. So do we have to do we have a responsibility to pay attention to what's going on around us? And I got some questions. I'm going to ask you some in just a minute. But you know when when he says here he said. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe in you that know the truth. Now, for me, I immediately go to one place. All right? And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh I'm not gonna talk about that much because we're online, but I I go to one place when I see those kind of but this was this was a problem that the early Jews were dealing with. This was a problem, especially with foods. Okay, if you remember what Peter says in Acts chapter 10, when God's going to send him to Cornelius, who is a Gentile, Peter's idea is he's unclean. I can't go there because he's not clean. He doesn't have any idea why God sent him there yet at this point. So what does God do? God sends him a vision of a bunch of food. He said, it's in a sheet. And he said, you take and eat. He said, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to do that. What was his philosophy? In his culture, what was his philosophy? That certain foods were not acceptable to eat. What did God just tell him in that text? If you go read that text, he said, anything I've created is acceptable. Because the, because the, the dietary confinements that they had through the, through the law was done. It was over with. But not for them it wasn't. Not in their minds it wasn't. They still couldn't wrap their minds around the fact that God had quit. It was over. That was over with. And they couldn't wrap their mind around it. So they were teaching it within the, within, the, within the structure of the church. And it was destroying the church. Okay? That's what was happening. They were teaching bits and pieces of that. Most of it was about food and different things. And so when you look at this, I mean, th this is only the, this is what was, what was pertinent to their culture of the day. All right? They were, they were forbidding people to marry. They were forbidding people to eat certain foods. And they were, and they were using those standards as a prerequisite for salvation. The book don't teach that. Okay? What happens when it happens today? What happens when it, you know, and I, I got a question here. Uh, what threats do false teachers pose to the church today? What do you think the threat is that false teachers pose to the church today? Come on. If you don't know the word, then you the word. False teachers, you know, I've seen false teachers before. Most of them are pretty eloquent. They got a pretty good gift to gab, okay? Whether you watch them on TV or you listen to them on radio, or they walk into your building and start talking. And we've had some of that happen before where people come and didn't put them in the pulpit, but their, their, their ideology, we had one guy that, was a, that came in was a flat earther. Y'all know what that is? He wasn't just a flat earther. He was a, he was, he was committed. He was committed. 
to being a flat. Now that may seem that may seem funny to y'all and, and it's ridiculous, you know, to, but it wasn't to him. And he had the kind of that kind of ability to talk where people would listen to him. And he taught the the scripture talk about you know that the and we'll see it in chapter in the second letter about taking taking women who are who are vulnerable. Okay, somebody else had their hand up. Nobody. So okay, yes, ma'am. Division. Division. They, it creates division because it puts one group against another. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if we sat down. In a, in a private setting and start talking about the cultural issues of the day, I, I guarantee if we put 10 people in a room, you're going to have somebody in that room that's going to be, no, 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 I don't, I don't believe that. It won't make any difference to them what the book says. It won't make any difference the, the direction the book <laughs> takes you. It only matter what does it feel. doesn't feel right. Yes, ma'am. I think the biggest threat we have today is that saying that the Bible <laughs> is passive crime or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and when you see, when you, and you know, people say, well, I've never heard that. I have. I have a bunch. Mm -hmm. I've sat in a room with somebody that said the Bible is no longer relevant. Mm -hmm. I, I've sat there, and, and, and I, for about five seconds, I was flabbergasted. I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. You know, to, to hear that come out of that individual's mouth. I was shocked. Didn't surprise me after I listened to it and after I thought about it, but I was shocked. But anyway, the point is, is that is it can happen. People get an ideology of the book. Yo, what did it say in chapter 3, verse 15? What is our job? We are supposed to be what? The pillar and foundation of what? The truth. Okay, so my next question is, what happens when distortions of, of truth go unchecked? What happens when, when you know, and, and I'm going to get to Amy's response here. I got another question. It's going to go right along with her response. What does it go? What happens? And we've talked about it some. What happens when, the, when, when these distortions of truth go unchecked in the church? What have you seen happen? When a lie is told often enough, people begin to think it's the truth because they keep hearing it. Mm -hmm. Especially if they hear it from someone they respect. You know, that's a that's a problem. You know, what it what do you, you know, I have seen it blow a church apart. It can kill a church. I've seen it blow them apart. You what now? It will. And, I, and I'm not saying that, that it will, that, you know, but a church can, destroying the church, what I mean is when, it's, when it ceases its ability to function the way God told it to function. What did God told us to, tell us to do? Go into all the world and preach the gospel, right? And that what he told us? The only function the church has is we keep, we keep the truth in where it needs to be, but we have to be out there teaching the truth to, to the world, right? And that is that whatever you do, whether you're a Bible class teacher, whether you're teaching three-year-olds or five-year-olds or 15-year-olds, or I'm teaching adult class, or we're teaching from the pulpit, whatever, you're doing a communion thought, whatever it is, our goal needs to be absolutely, what am I going to do with the people out there? Our job is to go and teach the truth. And if, our, and if we're not focused that way, if we're not focused that way, then we are not fulfilling the responsibility that God has put in place for the church to do. And if, and if division comes in, false teaching comes in, and you're no longer able to do that, guess what happens? You know, the church dies. Church dies. I have seen it. I've seen it, especially in older churches with older members. I've seen it. I've seen that the churches... They, they cease to be able to function 
And it really doesn't make any difference how many positive preachers they have. I mean, because they've already given up. They've given up. And it is sad to watch. Because that means that people that are around in that area, wherever they are, will not get the benefit of what the truth really stands for and what can, how it can benefit their life. So we have to be careful because what happens what, when these distortions, and I, I put down distortions, but when these untruths, how are they going to, if they're unchecked, what are they going to do to the church? You know, I've, I've seen it. I've seen it uh, destroy families. I've seen it destroy them. You know, where families, you know, where, where the children said, if this is what y'all teach, I don't want no part of it. I've seen that happen. I've seen, I've seen, you know, youth groups where they where they flourish and then the children go and say, Ben, I'm not, I don't want no part of it because they, it doesn't fit with what they see the book to be. Now, maybe that what they're, they're seeing isn't true. Maybe it's, it's twisted some. But if the family, if the, if the church of family and the family's members themselves, mom and dad, aren't standing for truth, how easy is it going to be for the world to grab a hold of your children and take them off in the far country? How easy? Really? <laughs> and it'll destroy them. It'll destroy them. No. No. All they got to see is some distance between <laughs> That's a really good point, Larry. That's all they got to see. You know, Larry said, all they got to see is a difference between what they see and what you live. I mean, what they hear and what you live. I think it's so important. It, I mean, I think it's I think it's essential, absolutely essential, that that family members learn the truth and live it, no matter what it costs. Live it. You know, my my quote. What can believers do to protect themselves from false teaching? I think it's obvious. He says it here, you know, through through living the, through the truth and prayer. Those things are consecrated, sac- sanctified through, you know, look at what he said. he said. He said, because it is consecrated by the word of God and prayer. Well, the word of God. How many of you would say that, uh, that I am really, really comfortable with my working knowledge of God's word? How many of you would say that? And and truthfully be honest and say, I am really comfortable with, with my working knowledge of God's Word. Yes. You say you are? Mm-hmm. Vincent says he is? Okay. Say you are? But you so, have to keep reading it so you don't get parts. <clears throat> especially as you get older. Yes. I'm, I'm serious. I'm, I'm, not, yes. I'm serious. Especially as you get older, yeah. because we have a tendency to, to start forgetting. And so it makes more, it, it's more important for us to use it, teach it, learn it, read it over and over. You know, I retained a lot more when I was younger than I do now. I have to, I have to process this from different. But I'm telling you, if he, he said these things, these marriage, food, all these, said everything I've given you, take with thanksgiving. And he said, and they, they're going to be consecrated through the word of God in prayer. So my first question was, is how many of you are comfortable with your working knowledge of God's word? You know. But also, then, as you get older and you have more experiences and you're in different places in your life, the scripture means different things to you as you mature. Because mm-hmm. it means so much, it's different to me now at 63 than it was when I was 36. Yeah. Well, the, the, but the secret of that, Jeannie, is the scripture didn't change. No. You changed. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. As, as the your script- life is different and as it evolves, you're, you're, 
the scripture stays static. I mean, it's it's what it is. God presented truth. There's not 40 truths. There's not 50 truths. There's one truth. Our job is to find it. Find out what the truth is. Can I find the truth? Can, can I, do you believe you can find it? You believe that you can know what God says. You believe that you can study enough and that you can, you know, it tells it tells if you go to Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, it says, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Not when you're transformed, not when you're conforming to the world. What does the world look like? I mean, you know, I mean, you've seen just one evidence of it in a, in a, a major corporation that made a, made a mistake and it cost them. I mean, you know, I mean, it, it's, the Internet's blowing up with this thing of, of that mistake they made. You know, and it's cost them so far up to date, like $6 billion it's cost them in like a week. You know, I, I mean, I, you know, that, they made a mistake. They, they stood for something that's not valid and not true, and they, they, they lost sight of their, their target audience. Who is our target audience? Who is our target audience? The lost. The lost. They're not going to all hear it the same way, but they all have to hear the same thing. Okay? They have to hear it the same way. If they don't, then it, then it becomes obscure and abstract just like the world is. And it's no different than what the world Yeah. Uh, to that point, mm -hmm. uh, the the thing that I've heard the most recently it, from from some of these wayward teachers is compromising on the truth in order to reach the lost. Mm -hmm. So to abandon principles of like, is this book the truth? You know, yeah. or is it just you know metaphors and nice things and you know it's you know, it's something. But we can't use it as as truth because they don't believe it's truth. When, and when, it's like when you want to promote <laughs> you want when you want to promote gonna... a lifestyle, okay? When your whole agenda is to promote a lifestyle, it's really easy to take a, a written piece of literature and make it fit your lifestyle. It, that's easy to do. You just pick and choose stuff. You just don't put all the stuff in there. And if you're dealing with a target audience that doesn't know what the truth is, well, you know, all you have to have is a gift of gab. You know, and a and a and a positive a message that that attracts. You know, there's a there's church out there right now, secret sensitive movement. Y'all have heard that the secret sensitive movement. Those churches are designed to seek out people and adapt their principles to what the what the what the target audience is seeking. That's what it is. Secret sensitive movement. You know, the the health and wellness group. You know, they take scripture out of context. Say, okay, here's what it says. Here's what it means. Don't put any other text around it. Take that text out and say, this is what God wants for you. He wants you to be healthy and he wants you to be wealthy. Really? That's what it, that, I'm, I'm just telling you what they say. All right? This is out there. And, but then, they, they, but then they, they, they cut this, paste this, put this over here. So because it doesn't, you know, I just dealt with one in class on Wednesday night. You know, a couple of Wednesday nights ago, we were talking about when you get the Holy Spirit. We talked about it, and and there's a prominent preacher out there, a prominent guy that that I've got his commentary, and I looked at his commentary, and I'm saying I want to see where this guy stands on this particular thing. Where where does he stand on this particular thing? And it was like four pages long in his commentary that he that he dealt with this particular text, and I didn't find the text I was looking for not one time. Why? Why didn't I? Because it doesn't promote 
his agenda. Doesn't promote his doctrinal ideology. Okay? And it's a text that I told you. It's Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. You know? Repent be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for mission of your sin and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Pretty simple. It's pretty easy to... to, to you don't have to have a commentary and a lexicon to figure out what that's saying. Right? It wasn't in his text. It wasn't in his commentary. It wasn't there. Because it didn't promote his agenda. It didn't promote his his doctrinal ideology. That's wrong. It's wrong. Yes, ma'am. Have, have you ever dealt with someone whose belief system is so beyond anything? You, we had a, a, a young woman that started working at our school, and it's Victoria Christian School. Yeah. Yeah. school. So I don't think she was fully vetted before she got hired because we had our kids on the playground and uh, she, she was saying, well, I don't think I'm going to do any of the Bible curriculum with my group. And I said, is there is there something you're not comfortable with or is there something that maybe you don't, she said, no. She said, I don't believe in that. Oh. And I did. You hear what she said? Yeah. She wasn't going to teach Bible curriculum at a Christian and, school because she didn't believe in it. Yeah. I, so I, I said. Somebody uh, dropped the ball somewhere. Well, no, she flat out told me. She said, because uh, I'm wicked. And I kind of went. Because well, I, I, well, I knew what that was. She, 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 she said, yes, my mother's a witch, too. And I went. And at first, she said she was a wicked. Okay, and I'll, I, I'm, I'll need prayer for this because for a minute there when she said which, I thought she said something else. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking at that part, I probably believed. <laughs> but, I love you, man. <laughs> you know what I love about you? I love the, I love the honesty and the candor, man. Yeah. Just put it out there, man. Boyfriend, he didn't believe in God at all. He, he believed, he was a, yeah. she said, well, my boyfriend's a Satanist. I went, oh, you know, and y'all, but, but I have, I have dealt with, with kids that they are dealing with that in school. They are dealing with that. They have seen that. They have, they've experienced that because I had one come to me and say, one of my grandkids come to me and say, you know, what is, what's he talking about? And this was back when Clip was alive. Clip was the one that came to me and asked me, you know, it's, it's what is, what, you know, I don't understand. How do you explain that to an eleven-year-old? Where did this, where did this other eleven-year-old get this from? You know, we've dealt with this in your own family. We dealt with it in this room on a Friday night. We dealt with it. You know, with them here, we dealt with it. You know, I mean, it just that stuff is everywhere, guys. And if you don't know the truth, if you don't have a systematic plan to unveil truth in your life, you're going to believe something one of these days. That sounds good, looks good, you know, and you can't just go, well, I've been a Christian, I've been a church of Christ all my life. <laughs> Tell me in a couple of years how that worked for you. I'm just telling you, if, you know, I expect you to be on your game to hold me accountable, hold my feet to the fire, make sure what I'm teaching is the truth. I expect you to do that. And if you don't, shame on you. Because then you're basing your belief and your salvation and your hope of going to heaven on me. And what if I'm wrong? You willing to bet your life on it that I'm right? 
Are you going to look at this and say, let me find out what God says and see if I can connect enough dots to find out for sure that Dan, because I can't connect all the dots in here on, in a 45 minute class. I don't have the, I don't have the time. You know, I, I can tell you that I can see Satan working because I'm telling you, let me tell you something. All right. The methodical way that, that, that this, this untruth is folded out in our, in our world today, men ain't smart enough. They can't keep their mouth shut long enough, and they're too greedy and arrogant to pull that off on their own. Somebody's calling the shots. Who do you think it is? Who do you think it is? You think it's some guy over in Russia? You think it's some guy in the White House? You think it's a, you know, I mean, who do you think it is? They're smart enough to call the shots, who's smart enough to go to Jesus in his most vulnerable spot in Matthew chapter 4 and start to, start to attack him from where he is. Attacking physically, not beating on, but attacking because he's hungry and he's tired and he's thirsty. And he said, man, all you got to do is do this. God said, he said, God said, they wouldn't let you get hurt. You know, so he used scripture on Jesus. So what, are you, are you kidding? That's how brazen he is. He goes into the garden and said, oh, no, no, no. God does, God knows to eat that fruit, you're going to be just like him. He, he knows that. He twisted up the, what the truth was, what God had said, twisted him up, and made her believe it. And then make, and then he believed it. And sin came into the world because of it. And now we are all in a quandary because of what happened there, because of what Satan did. You don't think he's alive and well today? You don't think he's alive and well teaching this stuff today? Because I'm telling you, yeah, I've seen some of these people that promote this stuff. They ain't that smart. They ain't that smart. They have to, they're, they're pulling off an agenda from somewhere. And, and the ones that you can't even figure out where it started from, but if you when you finally figure out where the evils come from, man, it didn't come from God, from people. It came from Satan. Satan's doing this. Satan's calling the shots. Satan's got, got his agenda, and, he is, and he's going to take this country and this world down any way he wants, and that's what he's going to do. And if you don't, when he says this here, when he said, and he said, uh, such things, uh, and things taught by demons. Who do you think he is? The stuff that we are dealing with today have been taught by demons. And he uses the instruments, he used the instruments in our in our world, people, to promote his ideology. And if you're not willing to get in the book and say, I need to spend some time making sure of what I believe is true. If somebody walks up to you and says, well, I believe in this, or I believe in that, or I believe in this, can you prove it? Can you prove that, it, that they're wrong with the book? And my guess is probably 95% of you say, no, I couldn't. Find out. F take a, take a, a false teaching and say, okay, I'm going to try to prove this. I'm going to disprove this with the book. And then maybe God is going to put in your path someone who has that same ideology, and you'll be able to prove it, that they're wrong. Calmly, honestly, lovingly with the book. And that's the and that's the next one, because that's what he said. He says, consecrated through the Word of God and prayer, and talking to God and saying, God, I need to be better at this, and I need to promote Your agenda so their agenda doesn't take over. Yes, ma'am. False teachers, and again, false teachers. It was like 
over and over and just read the scriptures constantly because we're all susceptible. Absolutely. Especially when they're young. Especially when they're hearing it in their home or they're hearing it at school or they're hearing it from the friends who heard it from their home or from their school. You know, and it and it's 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 so tragic that Satan is not gonna attack some of us. He has he can have a tough time attacking me in certain areas, but he can attack my grandkids who are vulnerable. He can attack them. You know, and he can attack, you know, when you're when you got little kids, man, they he gonna he He's going to go after them because at some point, at some point, they're going to be making their own decisions. And then what happens? And then you find, and you get so frustrated, and you get, you get scared. It scares you when you start to see it, and you start to hear it coming from, from kids, and you know they didn't get it on their own. They got it somewhere else. So guys, in your families, in your home, in your life, wherever, you have a responsibility to learn the book. All right? It is imperative that we're a church here, here. I can't do anything about anywhere else, but here we're a church that is not afraid to teach the book, okay? You may not make you comfortable. It may go against what things you've learned in the past, but if it's by the book, if the book says it and we're going to promote it, then you got a decision to make, okay? We'll see. We're going to pick. I told you we wouldn't get through with this. So I'm going to find that verse, and I'm going to give it to you next week. Because I knew we wouldn't get through with this. Thanks, guys. I even got more questions on another page I didn't get to. <laughs>